everybody, grab your Bible, pencil, and journal, and maybe even a cup of coffee, and join in on our conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Hey everyone, welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara, I am Dot's daughter, and we sit down together every week and we talk through truth and scripture. And we are starting a series on how to know the will of God, which I know it feels like such a big and daunting and scary and confusing idea of how can we even know what God wants and how can we discern the will of God. And so we dive into that. We are starting to talk through how can we know the will of God. So we would love for you to pull up a chair and join in our conversation. Hey, Kara. Hey, Mom. You love Romans right now. I do. I do. I was thinking about that when I wanted to talk about this today, when I wanted to have a little conversation about what is the will of God. And Paul just lays it right out. You know, what I found is that so many believers, so many Christians are scared to death that they're going to miss the will of God. And they almost make trying to find the will of God almost like a legalistic, almost like a labor, like it's like their job to find the will of to God. It. As it's if like God a, is playing, yeah. Like if it's God is playing hide and seek. I don't want yeah. you to know my will. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I I remember that growing up. That's something I have to consciously remind myself of, that it's not something I have to go and find or figure out. Like, he's trying to hide it, and then if I I find it, like, I win the prize of knowing what Mm -hmm. his will is. But I I don't know why. I don't attribute it to anything other than I just remember growing up really feeling that and really kind of— I don't want to say struggling. I mean, maybe I did. I don't know. I just I just remember thinking like, oh, it's something I have to find. Or if it wasn't something I had to find, it was something I had to work for. Like I had to, mm-hmm. like a works-based yeah, mentality. Like a legalistic. But yeah. yeah, I just feel like I remember growing up feeling one of those two things. Like either something I had to find, you know, go figure it out. Or mm-hmm. if my behavior. I don't I can't even think specifically what I even mean by that, but just more of it was workspace. You know, like I had to perform mm-hmm. a certain way in order for God to reveal his will. Well, you know what? That's ironic. You would say that. Is that true? It's partially <laughs> half truth. No, oh. no, it, it's half truth. It's half truth, which is dangerous. Um, there are some things, and I think Paul tells us in Romans 12 exactly how to know that you can know the will of God. And I think a fear often is if I don't know the will of God, then I'm going to make a mistake. I'm going to ruin my life. I'm going to, you know, it's all in my hands. regrets and shame. And, you know, yeah. yeah. And, of course, you know, I do believe uh, knowing and having the confidence that when I'm making a decision, this is God's will in this particular situation, or you know, if I'm struggling to know what God wants for me, if I'm looking for purpose, if I'm looking for, you know, meaning to life, you know, we're told, you know, obviously God brings meaning and purpose in life. And so what is His will? What does He want for us? And I think sometimes we worry about that. I think Colossians 2, it says, as you have accepted Him, 
Walk, therefore, in Him. And we've accepted Him by faith. And then, you know, now we're to walk in Him by faith. And so it's this trusting God for the will of His will for our lives. Yeah. Obviously, we have to have faith. But Romans 12, 1 and 2 is so deep. Kara, you're going to die when I tell you this. We're going to, oh, we're not. literally going to talk about, I, well, I know, I know, I would not want you to die. But I really want us to do like three uh, conversations. I want us to talk three times about Romans 12, 1 and 2. There's just so much in there. And I remember when I was taught this and, and what a peace I got and what excitement I got about a confidence that I can know God's will for my life. And someone taught me this, and, and so I just wanted to share it and and talk about it a little bit, because we're always talking about knowing yeah, I mean, God's that's, will. That's great with me. I don't know that I have a lot to say on the matter. <laughs> so it may be short oh, oh, here we go. <laughs> I don't think so. I, every time you say that, you talk more than you normally do, so I don't I think that that is the case. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just am like, oh, okay, well, yeah, sure, let's talk about it. But you know, if if you're joining in on our conversation, which I hope you ha- you are, and you've grabbed a, your Bible and stuff, I want you to start meditating on and reading Romans twelve one and two all three weeks. And I want to challenge you too, Kara. I know you're a little behind on your reading, but it's yeah. just two little verses, Romans twelve Still one the- and two. But yeah, we don't even tell me where you are. But <laughs> what I want you to do is that to just really meditate and really. Pray and think about Romans, what God will say to you through Romans 1 and 2. And I want to you to encourage others to do that, too, because there's a lot in here. Paul is saying to, to the Roman church, to the Jewish people, and to the people that actually in Rome, this church that he had founded, he says, I appeal to you. Like, I, like I'm really encouraging you. I'm encouraging you, therefore, brothers, about the mercies of God, by God's mercy, that you will present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And he says, that's just your normal worship, like presenting your body as a living sacrifice. And we've talked a little bit about that. Like, what does that mean? Yeah, there's a lot of spiritual words in that sentence. So what does that practically mean? Well, Paul is saying to the people that he's writing to, to the church in Rome, he is saying, "I, I want to encourage you. And he's, he, he used the word appeal, like he was really desperate. He really desired for these people to really know what God's will is. And he says, as a living sacrifice, and what that means is, you know, a sacrifice is something that you give. A sacrifice is something that you offer to God. And what Paul is saying, if you want to know the will of God, you have to be willing to want to know the will of God. And and what that means is this holy and acceptable to God. You've got to come to God on His terms. You've got to really surrender. It Really, that first part, Kara, is about surrendering and giving everything to God. And I think sometimes we're scared to say, God, here's my life. Do whatever you want to do with it. Here's my body. Here's my mind. Here's my soul. You know, obviously, he it's his spirit. But you know, here I'm presenting this to you. I'm presenting to you everything of everything of who I am. And and I think that that's hard because and I think especially for me, when I first was being taught this, I'm thinking, I'm scared. Because if I were to give God everything, just open handed, like, okay, God, I'm surrendering one hundred percent to you. If I do that, what if God asks me 
to give up everything and go move to Africa. Go be a missionary somewhere and not wear makeup. Like, sell your makeup, sell all your clothes, go to go to uh, Africa, go somewhere and just be uh, a nobody. Don't even think about yourself. Just totally surrender yourself to me. And it was as if I was kind of losing myself. And, and I remember being afraid of that. And I think a lot of people, when you talk about total surrender to the Lord, a lot of people worry about that. They're scared. Yeah, I mean, understandable. What if I do I'm a little scared right now Mm -hmm. in this moment. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? This is what's so exciting. And 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 when we got to know the will of God, there's three things I'm going to talk about in these next three. That's what I hear. Next three three conversations. Yeah, three, three. But it is the first thing we have to do if we're going to know the will of God. We've got to be willing to understand and know the heart of God, and we have to come to a place where we give everything to God. And what that means, Kara, is that we can trust God, that we come to a place where we really know the heart of God. Like, let me give you an example. Like, if you came to me and you said to me, Mom, you know what? I'm going to always obey you. I'm going to do everything you say. I'm here. I am like your your number one daughter here. I'm going to do everything. Well, well, of course. <laughs> but, you know, you say to me, you know, everything you say, I am, I'm like a slave. I am like, I am yours, and I'll do whatever you say. Well, as a mom, do you think for one minute, I'm like, yay, finally, I can control her. Finally, I can manipulate her to do what I want her to do. Or do you think I would have the heart and go, you know what, I want only what's best for you. And you don't have to worry about obeying me because if I want and ask you to do something, it's going to always be what's best for you. And I think that when we realize and we step back and know the heart of God and God is saying, I want it all. I want all of you. I don't want just your mind, which he does talk about your mind. I don't want just your body. I don't want just your spirit. I want all of you. I want every bit of who you are. And as we lay that before God and we come before God and say, God, I surrender everything to you, then that's when we're beginning to understand and we'll be able to understand what God wants for us. But if we're holding things back and we're like, well, God, you can have, you know, part of me, you can have, you can have my mind, you can have my body, but you can't have my kids. You can't have my desires. You can't have my dreams, and and it's, I'm, I want those. I want those to be mine, but I'll let you in on what I let, won't let you in. Yeah. And well, I th- Paul is saying, no, no, that's not how it works. Yeah, I I get what you're saying. I think it it really does boil down to trust with all of this, which is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Sure. For the last, I don't know, maybe 10 years, a phrase that I tell myself often is, if you don't want it, I don't want it. Or I want mm-hmm. what you want. And I think that's basically what you're saying. It's And I've, it's come from many years of trying to do it my own way or mm-hmm. not fully trusting God. But even the things that terrify me, you know, to give up, whatever that may mean, a relationship mm-hmm. or a state of, you know, a way of living or my dogs, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Um, I mean, I say it jokingly, but they're my everything. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like I try not to deal with 
what I imagine God may ask of me. You know, like if he's like, if mm-hmm. he ends up taking one of my dogs, you know, like I try not to deal with that right now. I try to just, you know, give that to God and trust him with whatever may come in the years to come. And that's like a silly, that's not even knowing the will of God. That's just kind of being okay with whatever God does. But I do think in terms but, of like his well, will. Let me, in, let me inject in a way, if that was God's will that something happened to your dogs, then like you're saying, you know that God will give you the grace to handle it at the time. Yeah. But you have to come to a place sometimes when you're willing to say, God, if this ever happens, number one, I know you'll give me the power and the strength to deal with it. But number two, I know that there is a better reason and there's I know that you wouldn't do that unless there's a a better well, I don't or, even you know, plan. I don't even think that it's that there would be a better plan because I feel like my dog like there's nothing better than my there wouldn't be another dog better than my dogs. But I more so see it as like, he'll he'll get me through. You know, like he will carry me through. He will he'll give me the through. grace. But yeah, like I, I think it more is, it's just the phrase of, I don't want it if you don't want it. You know, so whatever that may be. Absolutely. Because I, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, even if it's a situation where, whether it's figuring out, you know, like a job or a relationship or where you live or what school your kids go to or whatever it is, those things that are more like decisions or you may have some kind of uh, decision in the outcome. Those are the kind of things where it's like, I I genuinely, if God does not want this, I genuinely don't want it because I have experienced what it's like to do things or make decisions that God didn't want. And that is not worth it to me. Yeah. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. But you do have to throw in not just decisions on like a relationship or a job or, you know, what should I do today? Should I invest in this? Should I take this job? Should I date this person? Should I marry this person? It's, it's even more than that. It's, and, and I think what you're saying, if, you, if you're if you not in it, if this isn't from you, I don't want it. Because you've learned over the years that anything that you have controlled or manipulated to try to grab hold of to, to keep Art to make something work out, and it's more Kara's will, not God's will in this, it's always turned around and been a very devastating and a horrible mm-hmm. thing in your life, as well as, as in mine. And I think I might have mentioned this in one of the conversations we've had recently, but, you know, I said so many times there came a time in my place where I, I just was like, God, I'm, I'm done. Like, I, I totally surrender to you. Like, I tried so much to live the Christian life as trying to do everything I thought was possible to make God be happy with me. I was trying to make my marriage work. I was trying to keep my dad from dying. I was trying to keep the family together. I remember when my dad was sick and I would be there and I felt like I had to be strong for the whole family. And I remember driving home because he was, you know, in Chattanooga or my mother specifically. I remember my mother was in Chattanooga and she was dying. And I remember driving home and thinking, God, if I'm the strong one, we're all in trouble. And how can I even handle this? And then, you know, over the years, if just, you know, you just struggle, you cry out to God you know, not your will, you know, not, you know, God, don't let this be your will. Let this cut pass from us. So, you know, we get to that place. But you, but just like with Jesus, where he says, well, you know, thy will be done. You just have to come to that place sometimes. And you have to know that if I give everything to God, I know this isn't a popular conversation. I know that this is hard. And I don't believe we could even do it without the Spirit within us, like you're saying. Yeah. 
But I just think until we really are at that place of saying, God, I'm giving it you everything. God, I want what you want and whatever you want. If it means that I'm in a hospital bed, I'm in a hospital bed. If it means that I'm feeling great, I'm feeling great. Whatever that day is, whatever your day holds, if you embrace it and you face the day and saying, God, today's, you know, today you gave me another day. Whatever happens today, I'm going to believe and trust that this is what is best for me. And it's just knowing the heart of God, being able to be willing to give Him everything that you have. And until we come to that place, I don't believe that we are going to be able, and that's, I think that's what Paul is saying, to really know for certain that when I'm having to make a decision or what's going on in my life, if I'm having to deal with something, there's no way I'm going to be able to deal with it unless I'm confident that this is the will of God and that God is a loving and caring and protective and defending, all loving God. Unless I know that, I'm not going to surrender at that. I think we're going to be scared to give God all of our thoughts and all of our dreams, all of our hopes, all of our relationships, all of our desires. We're not, we're going to hold them back if we don't believe and trust that God mm-hmm. would only do what is best and He yeah. only gives what is best to His children. Yeah. I have two thoughts on that. I was just thinking of the person who's listening and they're like, I don't know that I'm there. I don't know that I'm at a place where I do fully trust Him. And I think that's where it's like, mm-hmm. then ask Him to give you to give you that. You know, mm-hmm. like we cannot conjure that up on our in our own strength. Mm-hmm. Just like you're saying, like that's the Holy Spirit that there's nothing in our to do humanness that wants anything other than our selfish desires. So mm-hmm. if there is anything in you that even wants to want it, like that is something that the Holy Spirit can only give you and help, mm-hmm. you know, help you get there. You can't get there in your own strength. But the other thought that I had was I was thinking about Daniel in the Old Testament, which mm-hmm. is going to seem kind of random, but I was just thinking of the fiery furnace because that is something that a similar phrase that I continually go to in my personal life along with, if you don't want it, I don't want it, or I want what you want, is I'm not going anywhere. You know, if if I mm-hmm. die in the fiery furnace, then I die in the fiery furnace, but I'm not going to bow. I'm not going to go. Absolutely. Like, where, where else would I go? Mm-hmm. And I just think the reality is, and this is just large, my brain is, I'm a much more logical thinker in this way. Mm-hmm. My logic helps my emotions. And so the way my mind thinks of it is, we're not going to go through this world without trouble. I mean, that's just a fact, right. whether you're a believer or not a believer. So having a false sense of control in terms of holding on to whatever is dear to us, you know, I mean, you and dad, this is something I've talked about here. Like I continually struggle with. I mean, even when I left home a couple of days ago, seeing you guys, you know, fear mm-hmm. of, you know, what if this is the last, I mean, every single time I leave you guys, I have this fear of, what if this is the last time I see you guys? And it is, mm-hmm. I genuinely have to pray through it every single time or I would never leave sure. the house. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's like this very real, like I have to, I say that to say like there, there are things that are dear to us that are difficult to let go of or to trust mm-hmm. God with. But holding on to them doesn't make it any more safe. You know what I mean? Like me not living my life and staying at your house, watching you and dad Mm -hmm. doing every move would, first of all, drive us all crazy. But second Mm -hmm. of all, it wouldn't keep you safer. You know what I mean? It just would be a false sense of control. Or happy. Or happy, yeah. And so 
that's that's one way how I think of it is there's going to be trouble. And if I'm going to face trouble in this life, I would much rather face it within the will of God. Like I would much rather if I'm gonna if I'm going in the fiery furnace like Daniel did in the Old Testament, I would much rather be in the fiery furnace with Jesus mm-hmm. in in his will. So that's kind of like how my Then on the beach like, without him. Yeah. Like I, would, I say this all the time. I'd rather be with Jesus in the desert than without Jesus in the, you know, the most beautiful place on the face right. of the earth. You know, it's just one of those things. I think, you know, with you talking about Daniel, I think it's a great example because, you know, the real thing that Daniel dealt with because he said it, he said, I know that God can deliver me. Well, this is Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. This is not Daniel. Oh, right. It's in the book of Daniel is what I meant. Yeah. Meshach, Shadrach, he, they said, I know that God can deliver me. So they knew God could. But as we all know, we hear, oh, God has the power to change everything. God can't, you know, God, you know, has the power to change your situation. And he does. But will he? And that's the thing that Daniel and uh, his friends, you know, had to deal with, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. They had to deal with, even if he doesn't, I'm not going to bow down to another God. And so their view of God, which is what I was talking about at the very beginning, is if you don't have the right view of God, if you don't see the right true, loving heart of God, you're never going to surrender. You're never going to present your body. You're never going to lay it down and trust any uh, one if you don't really know the truth about who they are. But if you don't trust and know the truth of who God is, you're certainly not going to do it with God either. And so, you know, you've heard me say this is silly, but you know how you know, I would see you jump in the deep pool when you were very young into the hands of your dad. And, you know, you didn't know how to swim, and he'd pretend that you were going to go down for the third time. You, you know, I talk about this a lot because it was always a reminder of me of how that you trusted him. So you didn't really know if you would drown or not. You'd get water. You mm-hmm. didn't have even a concept, really, of what you were giving your life to. But you trusted the heart of your father. Yeah, like I don't even think drowning was an option. Because of the trust I had for dad, mm-hmm. you know, like it, right. and there may be a moment of fear of like, oh, what if I drown? But it was like, it, it's not really even a thought though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It gets just kind of like, oh, that might be a possibility, but that's, it's not even, and I know some kids are different. Maybe for some kids that is what holds them back more. But for me, it was, I don't know. It just wasn't even, it wasn't even an option. Exactly. And that's where we need to be. Right. And not because it wasn't an option, because obviously it's an option. I'm jumping into a mm-hmm. pool full of, full of water. I could have drowned. But it's like the perception of it wouldn't even, if dad would let that happen, I trust him so much that it wouldn't even be this, it w- I wouldn't even be afraid of it. I don't even know if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. I remember one time I was talking to um, Sandra, a friend of mine, you know, our you know, good friend, Sandra, and her dad's a pilot. And, you know, I don't like to fly, and I don't like, certainly don't like to fly small planes. And yeah. um, so one day we can, were talking yeah. about flying, and she would say, oh, you know, I can get our dad, you know, dad can pick us up. I'm like, I, no, I, yeah, I am it's not like a little, getting on this. Little plane, yeah. Time, yes, yes. And you feel everything. I'm like, there is no way. I don't even like a big plane. There's no way am I going to, you know, get on this little plane with you. And I said, by the way, I said, why? Why does that not bother you? I don't even understand. Like, how can you get on this plane when we know clearly that you're going to feel every little, you know, uh, movement? 
And uh, and she said, well, I don't like all planes, little planes. But she said, I don't get, she said, but I'm not afraid to get on my dad's plane because I know the pilot. And she said, I trust him. I know he's not going to take off and start flying somewhere. If He's going to look at the weather from where we mm-hmm. start to where we're going. He's going to check the, you know, the path. And she said, I know the, I know the pilot. And, and I think so often, like, we're afraid, exactly what I was talking about when we first started, we're afraid to trust God for His will for our lives because we don't know the pilot. We don't know God. We don't trust God. And that's really one of the big things I think Paul, you know, certainly talks about faith so much in Romans. And it's just, you know, one of those things of if you want to know the will of God for your life, why would you even want to know the will of God for your life if you didn't trust Him? Mm-hmm. If you didn't think that he was a good God, and I think that that's one of the things that we have to kind of really wrestle with is, are we willing? Like you said, God, if you're not in it, I don't want it. Uh, God, yeah. if you're not giving this, if this isn't from you, I don't want it. If you're not in it, I don't want to be in it. Or if and I don't, if you're not in the fire, I don't want to go in the fire. You know, like that. I don't want to go. And we're gonna right. we're gonna go in some kind of fire in our life. That's just the reality. Mm-hmm. And it's more so of okay, I'd much rather go in with Jesus and his protection, which because there is a protection when you are in within mm-hmm. his will. Not saying that, I mean, there's a lot that we could even unpack in that, but I, that is the truth of there is, you know, when we're within his will, there is a protection mm-hmm. because he's holding us. You know, he's the pilot. He's the hands that we're jumping into. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think Abraham is such a perfect example of this whole because we don't do sacrifices these days. Mm-hmm. You know, this right. is not a phrase or term that we really, you know, it's not in our everyday life like it was back in biblical times. Right. But I always think of Abraham and Isaac as of just because God is asking us to put everything on the altar, it doesn't mean that he's taking it. But there is this willingness that um, Abraham had. He, it was this trust posture of, I don't know how God's going to do this. I don't know how we're going to get out of this. I don't know what's going to happen, but I just know that He is worth mm-hmm. trusting everything out on this altar, everything to sacrifice. Right. And it took it takes a long time to get there. I mean, there it's not. I don't think you get. And I think it could be moment to moment. I could in this moment, I could feel that, and then in thirty minutes, something could happen, and it gets shaken, and I'm like, I don't. Mm-hmm. I want to take it off the altar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Well, let me let me say this. It took a lot for Isaac to get on the altar. He trusted Abraham because he had not only did Abraham have to trust God, but Isaac had to trust Abraham. And he, in because you remember where they're going up, and he said, yeah. "Dad, you know, uh, where's the sacrifice?" He said, "God will provide." Now, the thing I think, you know, the other thing that you said one minute I may do. In, in another minute, I don't. But when you're talking about the will of God, it's not an up and down thing. When you're talking about trying to find and know the will of God, you have to be in that place. It's not a rededication of your life. No, not, yeah, I was more. It, yeah, I was more talking about sac- the sacrificial our posture, mm-hmm. our heart. Yeah, of wanting. Mm-hmm. You know, one minute it's like, oh, I can, I feel totally great and confident in laying this on the altar, and the next minute. I could be plagued with fear and want to take mm-hmm. whatever is precious to me. You know, that's what I'm, that's what mm-hmm. I mean. Even like with you and Dad, I pray through it every single time. Every mm-hmm. time I see you guys driving somewhere or doing this or that, and maybe not every single time. It's probably being dramatic, but it is fairly often. That's what I mean. More of like it is a continual 
process that we took reminding to, uh-huh. to reminder of like, okay, no, I'm, this is my sacrifice. I'm trusting you with this. Mm-hmm. I'm surrendering to this. I'm trusting your, yeah, trusting your will with whatever mm-hmm. may happen, trusting that you're in control. Yeah. I think that a couple of things that I want to make sure we point out, and that is, it's a living sacrifice. And that means it's a daily thing. It's not once you die. <laughs> this is like, an, this is your daily life. This is a living sacrifice. This is your body. This is presenting your body. You know, we'll talk about mind next week, but, and how we, how we deal with that, but renewing your mind. But what, you know, Paul is saying, this is like your everyday life. These are the things that you're having to deal with every day. And a sacrifice usually is dead. They, it usually dies. And he's saying, this is your living sacrifice. You're going to live through this. You're going to be able to present your life to God. And I think it, you know, it may be once in a while that you'll, you know, whether it's me and your dad and you're like, oh, you know, I've got to pray through that. But what you don't have to pray through is your commitment to say, I always want what you want. And so that's what I'm saying is that doesn't, that's a one-time total surrender mentality. Like God, you know, it may be different situations. It may be different circumstances that you have to, on a daily basis, work through. But you'll get to that same place and say, God, if you're not in it, I don't want it. If you're not, if it's not of you, I don't want it. So those are the kind of things, those are the things that you get that is there. That commitment is there, that you made the commitment, God, I always want what you want. And when you're having to deal with different situations, that may be different. That may be something you pray through. But the heart and the decision of I want God's best, I want what God wants, That's I think we all have to come to that. I think it's a one-time, really and truly. I don't think it's an up and down. I think it's you've got to get to a place to where in your spiritual walk, and you're right, not everybody's there. Not everybody understands that. But there comes a time we have to get in, and we have to come to a place. And I think we all have our Gethsemanes. I say that often, you know, where not my will, but your will be done. We have situations, and we find ourselves in a fire and say, well, God, I know that you can rescue me, but even if you don't, you know, I'm going to trust you. But the bottom line, it comes from a one-time surrender heart. Yeah, what I meant by over and over, I think it's the living sacrifice that you pointed on. And two, it's I reminding myself. It's not a recommitment. It's not me praying to God. To, yeah, it's like reminding myself, like, okay, mm-hmm. yes, I want what He wants. So, you know, I'm okay. I can rest in that. I can rest where, like, mm-hmm. almost like re, like checking my heart in that way of like, yeah. and sometimes, you know, maybe it will waver because, you know, we are prone to wander. But at sure. the end of the day, it's more of just reminding myself of like, no, like you want the, you want what he wants, mm-hmm. Era. And if your heart is wanting what he wants, he's not going to, you don't have to strive to, you know, stay there, figure it out. Or, you know, you can, you can rest in that. You can rest that he's in control. And he, mm-hmm. you know, if he wants you to know something or to, I don't know, act on something or I don't know, like you will know, you don't need to try to figure it out because if you want what he wants, you can rest in that. Yeah, and and by the time we have our third discussion, I think it's going to all tie together. But what we have to really just know right now, that one of the first things to know the will of God is that we have to come to a place to want to know the will of God and be willing to surrender and give our lives and say, God, I want just exactly what you said. I want what you want. And if it's not of you, I don't want it. And it's hard to say that, but it is vital 
It is essential if you are seeking and wanting to know the will of God. God is wanting you to know it. God is wanting to tell you what His will is for your life. But He's not going to just push Himself on you. You have to be willing to trust Him. And I think that that's huge. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen.